Hey folks, this is Reggie. Welcome back to Reggie's Comic Stories, episode 8. I checked beforehand, so I'm 95% sure that it is episode 8. You can find me here every other Wednesday on chrisandreggie.podbean.com, and I trade uh, off with Chris, who does his show, Chris is on Infinite Earths, on alternate Wednesdays. That's his solo show. Also, you know, you can check us out on weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com where the archives are in a better arrangement you can really actually sort through them instead of uh, peeling through this feed on Podbean and subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean Google Play, iHeartRadio and Spotify and I actually saw something today uh, we got an email from a new service called Podchaser so there's another one you can use it looks sounds like um, number one, I want to apologize I'm getting this uh, episode out to you a little later in the day than I like to I like to have this one usually hot, fresh, ready for you in the morning But uh, just to let everyone know, I am moving out of state in two months And in preparation for that, there's a lot of stuff I have to do I have to sell the place that I live I have to buy the place we'll move to we got to get little incidental things done So, uh, you know, I don't intend on missing any of my uh, scheduled episodes or the... Uh, Cosmic treadmill, but uh, please bear with me if things are a little hinky here and there So today I want to talk about a guy uh, who actually didn't really work Well, he did work in comic books, come to think of it But he's not remembered for his comic book work It's Walt Kelly, who had a comic strip uh, called Pogo um, This was, comic strips were actually my first love in the comics language It was through the Smithsonian uh, Book of Comic Strip Comics was the first thing that I really read and reread religiously for a long time, uh, like meaning like till I was like seven, I guess, not like decades or anything. Um, so, you know, he, this is this guy to me is a serious. To me, he should be one of these tentpole artists along the lines of you know uh, Will Eisner, Alex Toth, um, Wally Wood, just people that are very confident with their inking. I think that's a good description of his art style And uh, unfortunately, once again The limitations of the audio podcast Preclude me from showing you his artwork um, And there isn't really a great online resource Unfortunately, also uh, even There's nothing even through a paywall That you can go and look at a large amount of his work Instead, it's been collected uh, During his lifetime, it was collected by in paperbacks uh, It's also been collected more recently In these deluxe editions that I'm not sure who's putting them out. I, I want to say drawn in quarterly, but it might be IDW or something like that. But uh, obviously, these these oversized, you know, expensive editions. So uh, you can do a Google image search, and you can get a good look at a lot of his work if you're unfamiliar. And I, if you don't know what Pogo looks like, uh, I implore you to go check it out before listening to this episode because. I'm going to be talking about his work, and uh, it's good to familiarize yourself with at least the look of it. But I'm also going to be talking about the content, and particularly the satiristic content, uh, and that is going to be important to events happening today. So let's jump into it. Walter Crawford Kelly Jr. was born August 25th, 1913, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The family moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut when he turned two. Uh, after graduating high school in 1930, Walt worked odd Walt worked, uh, jobs, and eventually he was hired as a crime reporter at the Bridgeport Post. At the same time, he took a cartooning class, ultimately illustrating a biography of Bridgeport native P.T. Barnum. That's the, uh, there's a sucker born every minute, you know, the uh, Barnum and Bailey fella. 
So uh, Kelly was proud of his journalistic background and his illustrations, and he considers himself he considered himself a newspaper man. He didn't consider himself a cartoonist or a journalist, but an all-around newspaper man providing all of the things that a newspaper should provide. That would be, uh, you know, news, entertainment, uh, editorializing, and uh, sports, which I have to say he did sort of lack in. Uh, Walt moved to Southern California in 1936, where he found work with Walt Disney Studios. I guess, you know, they had to hire all Walt's policy or something. He started there doing in-betweens. Remember, that's uh, the, the, the people that drew the gestures in between two main animated gestures. Uh, you know, Jack Kirby, a lot of guys got their start there. Uh, as well as providing gags for Donald Duck shorts. Uh, by 1939, Walt made the switch to the animation department completely, and he kind of had to start all over. Even though he, had, you know, he, he drew, and he was doing in betweens, now he had to like take on a whole new thing, you know, plotting out and directing an entire short potentially. Uh, he contributed to many of the early Disney animated classics like Fantasia in 1940 and Dumbo in 1941, and a bunch of others. He averaged $100 a week from Disney, which would be around. $1,700 today. Not bad, not bad, folks. During an animator strike in 1941, Walt didn't join the picket line. Uh, instead, uh, Kelly took a leave of absence and sat out the whole thing without taking sides. Interesting, considering how he uh, would do Pogo later. Now, Walt uh, Disney, that is, uh, apparently appreciated this loyalty and got Kelly work from Dell Comics, uh, doing adaptations of the Disney films Pinocchio and the Three Caballeros. So while he, you know, wasn't animating, he could uh, still get some kind of paycheck. And this would all lead to a new stage in Walt Kelly's career, uh, one for which he was probably more suited and what he's definitely best known for. So uh, Walt Kelly blew them away at Dell with his artwork, and he was soon the premier artist on not just the Disney titles, but stories featuring Raggedy Ann and Andy, which were hugely popular at Dell at the time, and much of the comic Fairy Tale Parade Number no. 1 that had a July 1942 cover date. While Walt was declined the draft due to health reasons, but he still worked for the military, illustrating manuals, including several on language, which is just a favorite topic of his. Uh, it was during this time that the character Pogo the Possum was created. This first appeared in Dell's Animal Comics Number no. 1, with a September 1942 cover date Though he looked more like an, a real Opossum in his first appearance He kind of had like a rat a Beady eyes and kind of a rat face uh, You know, the, the Pogo the Opossum That we know Is uh, awfully cute Kind of a round-headed, tousle-haired uh, Genial-faced fellow But his foil, Albert the Alligator Was also first appeared in this comic And we'll meet all these people uh, To some extent in a minute Um uh, Walt Kelly would continue to work for Dell for years, uh, long into his time drawing the Pogo comic strip, which we're going to talk about now. But he did keep drawing comics for Dell. He kept drawing Pogo uh, unique ones for just Dell comics. The man just really just didn't stop drawing, quite frankly. Uh, in 1948, while serving as art director of the short-lived New York Star, Walt Kelly began to produce a pen and ink daily comic strip featuring anthropomorphic animal characters that inhabited the Okefenokee Swamp. Uh, in Georgia The first strip appeared October 4th 1948 When the New York Star folded the following year Kelly was allowed to keep his creation Which was 
really something unheard of then and now for the the paper just to give it up. But uh, I mean, plenty of comic strips, you know, they're syndicated in several newspapers and they own their own creations. Like, God, you know, Jim Davis owns Garfield, and you know, whatever else. Uh, uh, you know, Bill Watterson owns Calvin and Hobbes. That's why they, you know, they don't put out Calvin and Hobbes doll, dolls and stuff. Uh, but comics that are drawn for a specific periodical or company like DC or Marvel, uh, they would normally be considered to belong to that periodical. Uh, Kelly arranged for syndication after the New York Star folded uh, for the hall, through the Hall Syndicate, which was originally called the Post Hall Syndicate, and at this time was just the Hall Syndicate, I assume, post-left. And the first syndicated strip ran in May 1949. Uh, Kelly's characters are a sardonic reflection of human nature. Venal, greedy, confrontational, selfish, and stupid, but portrayed good-naturedly and rendered harmless by their own bumbling ineptitude and overall innocence. Kelly has been quoted as saying that all the characters reflected different aspects of his own personality. And this is a huge part of why... Uh, Kelly's satire and parody works so well is that though his uh, his characters are funny animals, they are all human. You know, no one is portrayed as a uh, you know always good or always evil character. They just don't exist like that. Everyone and even even characters that are mischievous. Uh, you know, people have to get along with them. They have to live with them. They don't. Uh, you know. Evaporate them in a uh, you know blaze of laser light or whatever. Although you know maybe if Pogo had uh, kept going until the 1990s, that would have happened. Now, uh, all Kelly's characters—they're also self-aware of their comic strip surroundings, and they're uh, frequently breaking the fourth wall by leaning up against uh, panel borders or even striking matches on them, uh, or making tongue-in-cheek inside comments about the nature of uh, comic strips in general. Uh, so let's meet this cast of basic characters that appeared in a lot of the comics, and this is one of its really big hallmarks, is that Pogo had a huge cast of characters. There was, of course, Pogo Possum. Uh, this is the lead character, humble, great for the everyman. Uh, more like the every possum. This is probably the character that, that the reader is supposed to identify with the most, and probably the most good uh, lawful good of all the characters, but you know, I would still say that he still has his flaws, and he's not a uh, a perfect being in, in himself. Albert Alligator, this would be the dim-witted, egotistical foil to Pogo, kind of a big, tall, cartoonish alligator. Howland Owl, this is the swamp's leading authority on everything. He's a know-it-all, self-described professor. Uh, I should also mention the language in Pogo was this kind of. Um, Baby Cajun speak. I can't. Again, you, you have to look at the comic to understand. But it wasn't quite written in English. It was written in this kind of. Sorry, Walt Kelly Pogo speak. Uh, Churchy, Church, Churchill, Churchy La Femme. This was a poetic daydreaming turtle, and his name is a play on Cherche La Femme, which is look for the woman. Uh, Beauregard Bugle Boy. This is a hound dog that played hero and doesn't mind publicizing himself. For his heroic deeds, a little egotistical himself. Porcupine, this is the cynical, misanthropic, cranky porcupine who has a crush on the next person, Ms. Mamselle Hepzibah, a sexy French skunk modeled after Walt Kelly's mistress, who later did become his wife. He married three times, though, uh, 
I think one of his wives. I think that I think this wife died actually. Uh, anyway, I don't mean we don't need to get into that. Ms. Beaver, this was a more hardy washerwoman sort of woman who uh, was not the sexual interest of anyone, but she was a beaver. Deacon Mushrat, this is the local religious figure whose views are antiquated and rigid, and he obviously uh, was a stand-in for a lot of church news or whatever. Three characters to be wished, bothered, and be Mildred. Three hobo bats who are good-natured but basically crooks. Barnstable Bear, uh, a simple-minded sidekick for Albert Alligator who helps him out with his schemes and plots. Mr. Miggle, this is a classic glasses-wearing general store clerk that was a stork and like just looks like a million pictures of the stork. You know, I, I think they have to have taken it from Pogo. Uh, yeah, because I can't think of what, you know, any time that happened before That you had this image of the spectacles wearing stork or something like that Bun Rab is a peppy white rabbit who acts as the town's crier Rackety Coon Child, a raccoon who seems to be one of the only sensible characters besides Pogo Who also comments on the wacky goings-on in the strip uh, Also breaking the fourth wall And then Mr. and Mrs. Rackety Coon, these are Rackety Coon Child's bickering parents Alabaster Alligator is Albert's nephew Who's more pleasant and genial and Basically just looks like a smaller version of his uncle That's all, but he's he's the nice guy That was uh, a nice sneeze from my wife You heard probably in the background Grundoon, it was an infant groundhog Or wood chunk That speaks in gibberish uh, Pup Dog is an innocent little dog child puppy That is always getting lost And that's how the... Uh, that's how it was written, the, the, the way I'm saying uh, little dog child, that, that's the pogo speak. So during the, using this cast, uh, plus a lot of other walk-ons and frequently appearing characters, I mean, more than I just mentioned were the you know other characters that would uh, show up uh, periodically and usually to make a specific point. Uh, Walt would comment on issues of the day. These comics could be appreciated by adults and children on different levels for that reason. Uh, he drew that comic until his death in 1973 Now, uh, Pogo was a comic strip, like I said, commenting on the human condition Using funny animals to help the medicine go down uh, Over time, this commentary did become more direct satire and parody And reflected things going on in the news For instance, one of the recurring characters, Tammany Tiger Was clearly a reference to the Democratic Party's Tammany Hall Which, not to get too deep into it, but was the... Really the country's first political machine in the 19th century And was uh, viciously and famously corrupt And sort of uh, not only symbolizes uh, corruption in the Democratic Party But sort of corruption in politics in general uh, Also in May of 1953 Kelly introduced Simple Jay Malarkey A wildcat clearly based on Senator Joseph McCarthy That's the uh, fellow that uh, was red-baiting Claimed to have a List of 200 card-carrying communists that uh, he could reveal And uh, had the House uh, Un-American Activities Committee Interview dozens and dozens of people to find out How American they truly were Ended up blacklisting a lot of people from businesses And throughout Hollywood, a great guy So his, his time in these comics as a simple Jay Malarkey Was obviously clearly to, uh, he was hysterically trying to do a purge of the swamp And it was the same kind of thing now, I, I, you know, this kind of satire is really important for, for a few reasons uh, For one thing, these stories can be read and enjoyed, if not 
completely understood for what they the true context is today. Uh, like I said, kids and adults enjoyed them back uh, in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And uh, they actually reprinted them when I was a kid. They ran them in the Daily News, I'm pretty sure, uh, was the paper. And I remember reading them and loving them and not having any clue that they were reprints. I thought they were contemporary comics about talking animals. I had no real concept that this that any of them ever referred to a news event. I was, again, like seven or eight, so I didn't really have a, a broad view of American history. So... Uh, they can be enjoyed. You don't need to get the satire. I guess if it's done correctly, that's what it is. Is, is if it's going to be uh, nothing but political commentary, then you're going to run into trouble. And that would actually fall uh, like Bloom County would be more like that, or Doonesbury. You can't really enjoy those comics in the same way 20 years later. But Pogo, you can because it's a much more broad-based satire. Because the characters are humanized and they, and you can uh, appreciate them in their own merits. But for another thing, and this is the part that people might uh, disagree with, comedy and satire are great and really the best tools to erode authoritarian authoritarianism and fascism. And uh, I that's really more of a belief, uh, although there can be things to support that. Just for one, you know... One thing that that comes to mind, uh, you know, the 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 current neo-Nazi party uh, or neo-Nazi people or whatever they they have adopted a uh, visual identity that's very close to American History X, starring Edward Norton, which is not um, which is a good movie um, and is a a staunchly anti-racist movie, but the, visually. It made a lot of that stuff look real cool, and if you look at these guys marching, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be overtly. I'm talking about just turn on the news and look at current uh, marches of of Nazis. You can, it does happen in uh, 2019 America. Uh, that's what they they look like. Fred Perry shirt, same like things, same kind of, uh, you know, attitudes, tattoos, and whatever. However, none of them ever sing uh, "Springtime for Hitler." In uh, from the Mel Brooks, the producers. You notice that they, they none of them are ever singing that song, which is uh, probably more you know appreciative and laudatory of Hitler than any of the, anything. But it's tongue in cheek, it's satire, it's parody, and it's understood that to do that, it's buffoonish. It 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 turns the entire thing into a complete farce. Uh, kind of in the same vein, like the guy that plays tuba, following these rallies, uh, just like. Puts a whole farcical spin on it And really undermines the crap out of it More than direct, angry, or even serious confrontation Now, to go back to Kelly It's important for me to say And this is really the, the uh, you know, hallmark of his thing And how he was sort of uh, not really a take sides kind of gay Kind of guy uh, He didn't align Pogo clearly with any political party or mode of thought And that's both the character and the strip uh, he poked fun at, in his words, the extreme left, the extreme right, and the extreme middle. Uh, that said, the Pogo Strip did have a distinct ecological message from time to time, and this is probably the only true political stance, I would say, that the Pogo Strip took, is that we need to protect the planet, okay? If that, if that is bothersome, then that, then that is where Pogo is coming from. But to me, that's a pretty innocuous message that if you can't agree with it, then I don't really understand what you're about. It's uh, 
that's you know we kind of need we need this thing uh and of course this is uh where we get the quote uh, we have met the enemy and he is us, which was used uh, with a very well-known image of Pokey, of Pogo regarding a polluted Okefenokee swamp. Uh, that was used for posters uh, for Earth Day 1970. Um, and God, it's been reprinted. I remember, I remember seeing it as a kid. By the way, this that that line is a parody of an eighteen thirteen message sent after the battery at uh, after victory at the Battle of Lake Erie. Uh, this would have been during the War of eighteen twelve, and that quote was, "We have met the enemy, and he is ours," meaning we he we have won the day. But anyway, in the foreword to the Pogo Papers, a collection of strips printed in nineteen fifty three, Kelly wrote. Traces of nobility, gentleness, and courage persist in all people. Do what we will to stamp out the trend. So, too, do those characteristics which are ugly. It is unfortunate that in the clumsy hands of a cartoonist, all traits become ridiculous, leading to a certain amount of self-conscious expostulation and the desire to join battle. There is no need to sally forth, for it remains true that those things which make us human are, curiously enough, always close at hand. Resolve, then, that on this very ground, with small flags waving and tinny blasts on tiny trumpets, we shall meet the enemy, and not only may he be ours, he may be us. Forward. Kelly, June 1953. So that's the first occurrence of it, but uh, that first time he actually kind of uh, turns a few things. It's more than just an ecological message. It's really more of a uh, you know philosophical message. Uh, Walt Kelly also challenged the Ku Klux Klan... Uh, with the characters, the bigoted, the Cluck Clams, in 1966 in a book of new material titled The Pogo Poop Book, which actually wasn't distributed in some regions in the uh, uh, South at the time. While against them, uh, he has a humanizing effect on the Cluck Clams by centering the story on a father and son, who are both members of that hate group. So again, he condemns them, but he humanizes them. He he makes the reader understand that the people under these hoods, and they are under what are clearly, you know, cartoonish, stylized Ku Klux Klan hoods, they aren't robots, they aren't uh, monsters necessarily, they are people uh, who just, you know, happen to believe a very crappy thing. Uh, you have to read it to understand it, like I said, and unfortunately, you can't See all of it uh, like I you know, this is the kind of strip I would say it's worth if, if they had some kind of a service whatever You know five bucks a month. I would say that would be purely worth it just to just to read through Pogo and Take your time with it because it is absolutely fabulous. It's beautiful to look at uh, the storytelling is terrific um, It has a looseness to it a, a, a kind of deceptive looseness to it that might look uh, easy, but when you really start to think of the materials that were being used, the brushes and uh, the ink and whatever, you realize that this is a, a master, a man that is uh, supremely confident in his inking skills. So really, if you haven't seen it, I really implore you, please go take a look at some instances of it at least. But it's important to say that not all pogo strips were satires or had political content. Some of them were just innocuous uh, you know, whatever Pogo remarking on something silly, or they could even be sweet. There might be something sweet that happened, or Albert the alligator might have a turn of heart, or you know, uh, some of them were just totally just stories about the characters themselves just doing things in the Okefenokee swamp, and that's important to have. Also, if all you have is commentary, then 
it's just become, you know, you might as well just write your 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 thesis, you write your screed, it, you know? If all you have is, pardon, <clears throat> vapid, uh, you know, whatever, character intercourse, you know, so to speak, um, then you might as well just be cranking out, uh, you know, work for children. Um, it doesn't have to be one way or the other, you know? Uh, comics are not a political thing. They are not an apolitical thing. They are, you know, it's a language that can be used and wielded, uh, and it should be wielded carefully. Um, and so uh, I want to take this from uh, the same book uh, that he printed those Cluck Clam cartoons. This is the Pogo Poop book from 1966. And I'll tell you something, if you are looking to get printed Pogo cartoons, uh, you will actually fa find much better deals getting the old stuff from the 50s and 60s and 70s than you will buying any of the uh, deluxe editions today. They may not be oversized, printed on, uh, you know, the best paper, but uh, you'll save, like, 40 to 60 bucks. I mean, it's it's that it's that crazy. So anyway, Walt Kelly wrote... Actually, this is... Uh, Pogo says it in the comic, but this is essentially, I believe, speaking for Walt Kelly here. Fun... Like God has declared dead every once in a while. Every movement, the new left, the new right, the new middle, the new church, should have its own court jester. If he can teach each of the militants to laugh at itself, it would be useful, if only for that distant day when there would be nobody else to act as a target. The apparent objective of any of these movements seems to be the complete obliteration of all other dedicated thinkers. As our people move in all directions with great grim purpose, the safety valve of humor seems to be missing. Humor is not escape. Sleep is escape. Humor is relief. The laugh of finding out the other fellow is funny because he is the enemy is not enough. And that is, the, I think, the philosophy of Pogo. We have met the enemy and he is us. Look at yourself. Look at what you're doing before you condemn and... Uh, encroach on the actions of another person And remember That even on the internet That the people behind the screen The people behind the names Are human people Okay Everyone carries their own burden Everyone carries their own Frame of thought Their own experience uh, It doesn't mean You know to disagree Does not mean to eradicate Another one's experience Okay, to, to make a mistake Does not mean that someone should never be employed In any field ever again uh, That I, you know, I almost feel like I'm Making an excuse for myself But this is not a personal experience This is me uh, speaking sort of obliquely About actual events happening in comics And that have happened in comics in the last couple of years and just not to be, you know, I'm not trying to be uh, cute about it. I'm talking about the uh, Comicsgate SJW uh, feud that seems to pervade social media, uh, comics social media, to just a totally obnoxious extent. And, uh, you know, there, there's a extreme left there, there's an extreme right and an extreme middle. And it's unfortunately the extreme middle gets caught up in this uh, war that is really superfluous to the point. Okay, um, you can have it all. You can have comics with and without uh, the con you know the content that you 
want to see. I didn't say that very well, but you get my idea. Uh, make your you can make your own comics, and uh, Walt Kelly is proof that you can get a point across without having to beat someone over the head or threaten them with complete obliteration. Uh, at the end of uh, uh, Pogo Poop, there's a final splash page. It's a picture of Pogo sitting, sitting by a tree in the swamp, sort of an idyllic, uh, you know, nice afternoon picture or whatever. And below it reads, God is not dead, he is merely unemployed. So that might be something that you can put on a bumper sticker, slap that on your bumper, and when people ask you, what, what is that from? Well, you can tell them all about Walt Kelly and Pogo, which I've uh, enjoyed talking about here. You know, I hope this doesn't offend a lot of people. I know this is sort of a charged issue. I know that part of the issue is that people don't want to ever hear about politics or social issues in their comics-based what-have-yous, you know? But I'm sorry, we all have to live in the third dimension, and we all have to cope with the things that are around us, and to act as if comics or any medium was ever apolitical is just a, com a complete uh, whitewashing of the truth, uh, you know, whatever, you know, Calvin and Hobbes was very political, I thought, or, you know, socio socially conscious, uh, many, many times had a, had a kind of a preachy message, and that's considered by many to be one of the best comics of all time, including myself. So uh, that's all I got for you today, folks. Uh, I feel like this is a bit of a shorter episode, and I I apologize again. I've got more things uh, in the works for the future, so don't worry. I'm not scrambling here for ideas, but I guess some things just lend themselves to less uh, talking. But I'm glad to have mentioned Walt Kelly, because we probably wouldn't have got to him not too soon on the Cosmic Treadmill podcast, because while he did do, uh, you know, saddle-stapled comic books, he really is more known as a comic strip person. Although I do want to do a weird comics history on comic strips sometime, but that that would be quite a bear, my friends. I want to thank everyone for listening. Of course, if you want to get at me, you know I'm on Twitter at Reggie Reggie, or you can email uh, the podcast weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. Again, our website is uh, weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com. And while you're there, if you're feeling chilly, you want to a t-shirt, uh, go head over to 80 teascom through the banner. And if you buy stuff, then you'll uh, make our jollies. So I hope you enjoyed the episode, folks. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you're familiar with Walt Kelly, let me know some of your memories. If you remember some favorite comics, that would be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, until next time, uh, keep it storifically. I've been traveling for some time. Surfaces I crumble within, but legends are made out of vulnerable men. So on the brink of death, I still manage living life. Cause so rarely in this world are these chances given twice. I indeed sold my soul without glancing at the price.